Hello everyone watching and welcome to the Story X Story podcast where we discuss stories across pop culture plus give you advice on creating your own. We also on occasion talk video games on the podcast. This is a special live stream edition and I'm your co-host Nigel. I am Tazzy, content creator and co-host. And as we do for our video game roundtables, we put a message in a bottle we send out to see and whoever replies to us gets to be on the live stream here. So uh, replying to us today is a wonderful panel of guests to help us talk about video games. We have Rosie Taylor, communications officer and community manager at Safer In Our World. Welcome, Rosie. Welcome. I mean, no, you welcome me. I do feel welcome. This is why I shouldn't be allowed to be on these things, because I just mess it up from the very beginning. <laughs> well, the positive is it can only go up from here. So, <laughs> Thank you. Also, <laughs> also joining Rosie is Sky Tunley-Stainton, Partnerships and Training Officer at Safe in Our World. So I'm guessing you guys know each other. Oh my god, no. Cool. We've never met. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we've done that introduction out of the way. And last, but certainly not least, is host and producer CJ Allen, or CJ the Geek. Welcome, CJ. Or the loud, annoying Geordie here at Comic-Cons. You know, whichever's the best one to go with. But uh, hey, hi. I'll remember that for next time. <laughs> so this is our panel. Welcome, everyone. Uh, also to mention, for people interested, I know we just started, but if you're already interested in uh, hearing more of my voice, I was on the uh, Safe and World podcast talking with Rosie, largely about God of War. That's all I remember from that conversation. Yeah, oh, no, same, we talked but... about the campaign. Oh, around, and the campaign, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah the, we're doing the whole campaign. <laughs> that huge stuff. thing you spent months yeah, doing. Yeah, for yeah, that yeah diversity. Um, but yeah, God of War um, as well. So uh, we'll talk more about the campaign uh, a bit later. But for our roundtables, we like to bring people together, talk about the games that we are playing, because games also have stories, and also take a selection of news around the industry, uh, and just discuss, debate, argue i don't think we've had any arguments yet but you know there's always always time for that and yeah just uh generally chat so welcome everyone who's joined us just to let you know we have a audio version of the podcast that we do weekly you can subscribe to that on apple podcasts on spotify uh, pretty much wherever you get your podcast from uh, you can also send us your feedback and questions to feedback at mymatter.com. Uh, you can throw your opinion at us on social media as people do. We are at mymatter on Twitter, at mymattertv on Instagram and TikTok, or at Tazzy on all the above. And you can join our Discord, our Studio 77 Discord, be part of the My Matter universe, meet others in the community as well. And you can consider becoming a Studio 77 member to support the work that we do at my matter uh, and get exclusive access to events we have a couple coming up and artwork as well thank you everyone joining us live at the moment hello bacadian i think i'm gonna i think i'm pronouncing that it's definitely right. bacadian bacadian <laughs> yeah. okay there we go i pronounced it completely wrong uh, <laughs> props for not going straight to the alcohol so you know that's <laughs> Um, so yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, so following the news that Nintendo um, 
has a production company. Uh, we expect to see uh, some adaptations from some of their big IPs. And um, we want to know which Nintendo franchises you are looking forward to the most uh, to be made, made into a film. So yeah, vote in our poll, let us know what you think, and then you can also discuss it in our Discord. We're here talking games. We have a few gaming events coming. So I'm just going to rattle these off for people who are interested. Um, on October the 22nd, we're going to be at the BFI bringing some spooky games for their Halloween season. So it'll be an evening of console, VR games, uh, tabletop uh, scares as well. And we'll also be taking over one of their screening rooms to be putting uh, the quarry on a big screen. So you can get tickets for that. Now we'll find a link, put it in chat. And also stay tuned to our socials in the next week for a chance to get free tickets. And then on Wednesday, the 26th of October, we have an event called Games Industry Explained. We'll be at Gravity in Wandsworth, which is South London, to get a better understanding of how video games are made from the people who make them. So the idea is to give young people, parents, family, educators uh, a chance to get a better understanding of video games as a career as an industry so they can help support those young people better and not assume that when people say they want to work in games they just want to play games all day there is an actual job there and we have people in our panel who can testify to that so uh, we'll drop a link for that in a little bit and then yeah subscribe to the podcast uh, as well because we do as well as video, talking video games, we do deep dives into stories across pop culture and also talk with creative professionals in different industries. So video games, comics, cosplay, film, TV. And then we've got an episode coming, which is a rewind of a deep dive we did into a manga, Tropic of the Sea. And I just finished it, edited that. So that's going to go up after this. And then on Twitch, we also have chats with people in different industries. So we have a series, Casual Conversations with Comic Creators, which is a monthly chat with a different comic creator. And the idea there is to uncover the human behind the art form. Um, so you might be able to catch the VOD of my chat with colorist and illustrator Erin Angelini. And we also have another chat for November on November the 8th. So stay tuned for that. And then we also play games. So we play games on stream, sometimes well, mostly not. But we will be playing, uh, I think we've got Knockout City scheduled for the end of the month, 27th of October. I thought we was going to play uh, Overcooked because it... Are we? Yeah, because the Halloween thing, right? Yeah. There was a... Okay, we're still working on that, but we'll be playing something. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and you can also check out some of the highlights from past Games Nights on our YouTube channel. So that is a quick snapshot of what's happening in the My Matter universe. Let's find out what everyone has been playing. So we're going to have a little discussion about what video games everyone's been playing. Keep the spoilers uh, to the minimum. <laughs> so yeah, we will start with our guests. So I'm going to hand it over to Rosie. Uh, what, what games? What games have been on the radar at the moment? I've gone back to like some of my classics recently. I've not delved into any new games lately, but... Um... The, the main one, I've gone back to Stardew Valley for like the 50th time, of course, <laughs> to start a new farm, because maybe I'll do it differently this time, but I'll still do the exact same thing and romance the exact same people. 
so that's the main thing and then i'm also replaying the last of us part two on the other end of the scale just because when i first played that i was like very much focused on getting through the story to avoid spoilers and now i'm like going back and exploring loads of different things and trying to like do the collectibles and stuff so that's kind of what i've been up to on games related at the moment nice uh the last of us part two is just a great story so it's understandable that you're like need to play it need to get the story done so that none of it gets gets spoiled are you seeing anything different from when you first played it or like noticing anything different like little things like i'm finding more coins and and stuff and more cards but other than that like i'm i love to explore every part of it so i'm like usually quite good but then i'm I'm terrible at actually like finding new things, so I feel like I'm just saying that as an excuse just to replay the game. <laughs> you don't need an excuse, by the way. <laughs> um, Sky, what about yourself? So I actually have been playing brand new games, um, new to me and also new to the world, Ooh. which is yeah, which is really exciting. I don't play new stuff often. I play the same thing for thousands of thousands of hours. <laughs> um, but the the game that I have lost spent so many hours very well on actually um, is Ooblets, which is a new release by Glumberland, and I am so obsessed with this game. I can't put it down. It's, for anyone who's not aware of it, it's kind of like Stardew Valley crossed with Pokemon, but with a TCG element. So it ticks a lot of boxes for me. And I also think from a story perspective, it's really nice because similarly to in Stardew Valley, where there is an overarching story that you work toward as you play the game and as you develop relationships with the other people in the town, this kind of has the same theme and it also has a lot of like quite environmental messaging and things like that um which again is something that I really enjoy and it's such a it's just such a cozy game all the little ooblets which are like the little pokemon blob type guys um are so cute and it's a lot of fun the soundtrack's great I just I would recommend that game to anyone and everyone um who hasn't played it and then I suppose the other thing that I've been playing is Penko Park by Ghost Butter, which is like if Pokemon Snap was made by like Tim Burton. So it's a <laughs> it was it's not a, a combination <laughs> I was expecting. Like that was really screwed up and dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly it. So it, it's a Pokemon Snap clone. You go through different maps, taking photos of the the wildlife that you see, but it's just all really creepy dark like monstery type creatures and it's just it's really cute and fun and in the same way that i really loved pokemon snap it's just one of those games that you you know it doesn't have a lot of story to it you can just kind of switch off and have fun looking at cute art nice you also forgot to mention that in ooblets they have dance-offs as the yeah the that's combat. true <laughs> I'm sorry yes (laughs) yeah when you instead of you know doing like a Pokemon battle um your ooblets have dance-offs with each other yeah (laughs) I was literally just about to say oh I'm so glad you put ooblets on my radar because I wasn't aware of it you're like dance-offs okay why is this game not why am I not playing it now okay seriously it's so good I could not recommend it more 
Like it's it disappears during the stream. It's because she's downloading the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Oh, I think I'm having a power cut, guys. <laughs> they just have like a Halloween update as well, haven't they? So everything's yes, like they got have. little decorations and stuff around. Oh, it's so yeah, cute. and they've they've recolored the whole game to be a little bit more autumnal as well, which is really nice. Everything's got little like sepia tones, and it just it looks so good. Oh, I just so love fun. that game. CJ, what about yourself? I've been trying to get through my backlog recently, so I was just saying to these guys before, finally got to Gears of War, because I was thinking, ooh, the new game's coming out, I want to get Gears of War, and then I can just get the sequel straight away, Wait, the which first comes one. out the first one, the first okay. Gears of War, because it was on PlayStation Plus, so I was like, well, why not, finally get the wit. So I think the next one comes out, I want to say on November 9th or 10th, and um, I was like, yes, I'm going to get it. And then they announced Sonic coming out the day beforehand. And I was kind of like, yes, sorry, God of War. It's Sonic. Got to get Sonic. <laughs> so I'm planning on playing Sonic Adventure in two weeks time on the lead up to the new game. Because I want to go back to playing Sonic Adventure. And I just finished Deathloop, which I got halfway through and never finished. And Deathloop is amazing. Love the humor. I'm a big story kind of person. So if a game has a good story, I want to play it. Unless it's Sonic. But um, God of War, amazing story. Deathloop, amazing story. So I'm really excited to see what's coming up with them. Um, that brings you on nicely to what I've been playing because I've been playing Deathloop. <laughs> so I just started it because it went on uh, Game Pass and I was like, I have left too many games that I'm like, I'm going to play them at some point now that they're on Game Pass. And then they're like, it's coming off Game Pass. And I'm like, oh my God, i got to quickly play this game. I was like, I'm not going to do that with Diffloop. I'm not. I done it. I done it with Hades. And I was like, regretted it. So I'm I'm playing Deathloop now. I'm, I've only just started. I'm really enjoying it. Do you know friends can invade your game yes. and try and kill it? Yeah, I saw that. It was like, you can't... You're tempted to get your things <laughs> jump in like... <laughs> I don't think I'm at the stage where you can I'm still like in the intro bit like I'm very early on in the game <laughs> I'm very much taking my time as well because I was like I'm just there and I'm like oh fascinating this place is cool <laughs> so yeah I started playing that I'm loving the humor uh, I'm loving I spent about an hour in photo mode about 10 minutes into the game <laughs> and I was like because I was like came across like this sunset scene looking over the water and it's like oh it looks really pretty i wonder if it's got a photo mode it's like oh look it has a photo mode and it's like oh look at all the poses i can do oh look at all the frames i can add <laughs> so you know the main part of the game that's what everyone talks about when they play death loop the sunset and the camera sentence every time <laughs> that's all i hear <laughs> <laughs> right so, one game of the year so many times last year just the photo mode <laughs> just the photo mode yeah <laughs> So, I mean, I'm looking forward to, like, getting more into the combat and that, because obviously I've just started it, so I've not not had a major amount of combat, combat, though I was trying to be stealthy, and then, like, just the opposite of stealth happened. I was trying really hard to be stealthy, so now I'm like, maybe I just, maybe I just don't try. <laughs> maybe I just, all guns are blazing, let's just, let's go for the, the full chaos mode. Um, and then on, like, literally the other end of the spectrum um i started playing tunic just started playing tunic because well actually i lied i have started playing a new <laughs> game and i started playing tunic <laughs> no, it's so cozy right like so it's cute. just it's like a chill version of i don't know it gives me like throwback to like the legend of zelda like the first like legend of yeah. zelda but 
less aggravating and way more chill. <laughs> they should have yeah. called it Foxy Zelda. That would have really helped sell it. That would have pushed some copies. Honestly, some copies. yeah. It's so smooth as well. Like yeah. I was obsessed. Like, I was just watching all the little like foamy plants just move out the way. I was like, this is great. <laughs> I'm yeah, having a nice like, time. <laughs> I'm loving it because it, it it is like my my Legend of Zelda scratch. And then also We Happy Few. So We Happy Few is currently oh, cool. my uh my sort of like Halloween vibe game of the month because it's uh, all thing. It's quite creepy. It's it's quite creepy. Yeah, it's about people who are on happy pills, and then when they don't, when they come off their happy pills, they're just a bit a bit loopy. So <laughs> a little bit murdery, a little bit murdery. I mean, even on the on the happy pills, they're a little bit murdery. They just don't realise they're being a little bit murdery. So it's a lot of fun, bit of a bit of a survival alternate history thing. All the all the children have been given to the Germans <laughs> post World War Two. So it sounds like a very happy game. It is as long as you take your happy. Happy pills, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm having a lot of fun on streaming that. Actually, I, it's kind of got to the point where I've, I've started to like dream about it. You know, <laughs> you know when you like dreaming about doing things in a game and yeah, like, oh, yeah. I should, I should do this in that game. <laughs> and I wake up and I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I should think about doing real life first and then uh, <laughs> play the game when I'm playing the game. But um, yeah, that's that's been on uh, my playlist. But um, Nigel, let us know what you've been entertaining yourself with game-wise yeah uh, not just myself so i'm gonna use this opportunity to speak about some of the the workshops that i do um i feel i should bring in more stories from the workshops on the podcast uh, so here here is that so i was gifted some codes kindly enough by uh media molecule for dreams which i had never played before but because we are interested in doing well, we've already done one games design jam event. I've done a bunch of games design workshops, and next year we're looking to do more with digital sense because uh, the ones we've done are like tabletop game design. Um, so I've got dreams uh, very early, so I, I don't have a, a solid opinion other than it looks cool and it's it's going to be a nice way to engage with kids about making games. So the process behind like how do you design a game that other people enjoy? What are the thought processes that go into making a game? So tried a bit of that tried more of uh, as i transition into my story nintendo garage builder which is another game where you can make games so i had a workshop yesterday what day is it today yeah yesterday uh so wednesday uh, as we do this live um where i'm doing a session with some year nines year nines or tens it's a stem session so naturally i found a way to uh insert video games into that because you know video games technology and all that so i bought in nintendo garage builder and i said okay because we've just spoken about coding and algorithms and and the logic behind that so we're gonna all right we're gonna apply this to video games so here is here is nintendo garage builder you're gonna go through this tutorial so I, we split the group into uh so two groups i bought in two switches two copies of the games immediately one of the kids thought this was a competitive thing uh, and said like <laughs> just try to try to win and I, I had to assure them like no no you have to work together this is a cooperative experience and it was cool the idea for them was to make a like a game of tag so they had to create the character they had to create the logic that maps a button press either like movement button or uh, a b um, button to an action 
So it really it takes you through the process of making a game and the logic behind it. So once they'd got the the logic, the basic logic, then it was about how do you design a level. So then they learned how to add in elements to a level, add in like platforms that your characters can jump around, add in collision detection. So what happens when characters collide? Add in uh, balls. So like balls were injected into the into the level. And in I mean this was only like an, an hour session, but I think they just about managed to get almost like 80 90 percent complete and it's funny whenever i do group work with like that age group the the personalities come out so we had a mix of like boys and girls and one of the boys was particularly like uh checking over to the other group to see like are we ahead are we are we further than them <laughs> um and it but you can use that so i kind of use that like just a subtle thing like you know the other group's further than you just <laughs> just so you know no pressure but just and then i go to the other group Such and say lie, hey you know yeah <laughs> so that was a fun time and then um yeah then i rounded it off with a review of what they had done like how it maps to how like coding that we talked about before maps to making a game so i think there was some some progress uh made with them so yeah so i didn't actually play it much that's not even a game i was playing but was being played by some kids under my watch uh so that's one of them and then the other that i have been playing is stray which we're going to be doing a specific uh, story club on that in the next couple of weeks, next few weeks. Yeah, it's like not that. that far away, and I've yeah, yet I to actually start the game. Um, <laughs> oh, well, lucky for you, it's a short game. Stray. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of banking on that because, uh, like, looking at my <laughs> calendar, I'm like, um, I literally go? don't. Yeah, I don't know where <laughs> it's in. I I am very unsure as to where this is. I'm literally going to have to like manifest time somehow <laughs> i don't know if anyone's got some kind of like time machine bernard's watch a time turner any kind of those devices uh yeah if you could lend that to me because i might need it yeah Ray is so good. That. that is another game with an amazing story and actually that was one of the only games as much as i wanted to get through the story i just wanted to be a cat and knock things over and just like yeah, it's like you... a cat simulator Let, let's be honest it's not an adventure game it is a cat simulator with a dedicated meow button, like I can't. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! No way. Yeah, yeah. and you can like, yeah, you, you, can, you can sleep, and you can yeah, like, you can uh, off on a scratch. Yeah, ruin walls, scratch them. You Rub feel like a cat. Legs. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. You feel yeah. like a cat. You feel like a. And I know yeah. it's, that's an obvious thing for a a game where you play as a cat, but you actually you feel like it, and it's like because I'm. I mean, it's a short game, but yeah, just I'm uncovering the mystery that is behind this and meeting some of the other characters involved. But it also feels, I don't know if you all found it, it's like just, it feels quite relaxing. I don't know, maybe I really want to be a cat. I don't know, that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah it's just like... the end, it starts getting a bit stressful, kind of like, ooh, pressure. Yeah, when you're being chased, less less relaxing yeah actually but, there, is, uh... there is that yeah yeah there is but that when bite. you just when it's like exploring mode and you can just go and lie down and just nap for a bit and then it zooms <laughs> out i'm like this is great <laughs> i just want a little robot companion as well he's just sort of just oh. <laughs> <laughs> so cute it's mad like the way you navigate the way you interact the animation like the feel of it is yeah it's just really cool so we're gonna be like breaking down more of the game once we finished it and as you played it at all then we're breaking that down but yeah enjoying that uh definitely enjoying that game more than i thought when i first saw the announcement on one of the state of plays or sony showcases um yeah i'm really impressed with it mm, nice meow meow 
<laughs> cool, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss yeah, yeah, in depth yeah, yeah, yeah. once I've I've sort of played it as, as well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, should we get into the the main discussion then? Now that we know know what everyone's been enjoying recently. For our roundtables, we like to look across the video games industries for big topics and stories that just generally catch our interest and discuss them right here. So uh, I've tried to get a spread of uh, Nintendo, Sony, PlayStation, other people as well. But I do feel the the big story is the recent leak of GTA 6 or whatever it will be called. So I figured we'd start there. I'm going to assume everyone's played GTA because it's the biggest entertainment franchise in history, so it must have got you. Although, I'm not sure about Rosie. Rosie, have you played? Oh, listen, I have played GTA, actually, (laughs) so let's not target me this time. (laughs) Have you played the original 2D GTA? I have played it. No, who do you think I am? I played GTA V like everyone else. (laughs) I have played the only one I haven't played. I think I played GTA V. I'm still a GTA London fanboy when you used to have little oh, Shaguar wow. from Austin Powers driving around. <laughs> I'm an original GTA boy, not this 3D stuff. Blech. Can I, I say, um, so the worst prediction I think I've ever made, I remember when I was at school, I said when they moved from 2D to 3D, I said that would never work. I was like, I was adamant, like the move from 2D to 3D. Like, oh, why did you admit that publicly, Nigel? You've just you put that on I the record. I have no shame. I have no shame. The soundtrack so. of Ice City really? in the 3D was just, oh, that yeah. is amazing. It's fantastic. Like, I love that. Uh, that was, I think that was my favorite. And um, I haven't finished five, but working my way slowly. Uh, I've got time because, yeah, six will be uh, a while. So, uh, so the story, for those that don't already know, is that there was an pretty unprecedented leak. So multiple outlets had this. Uh, I've got a piece from uh, Polygon. Uh, which says that in an unprecedented leak, more than 90 videos of the in-development Grand Theft Auto 6 have surfaced online. Uh, The leaker claimed to have accessed them directly from Rockstar Games' internal Slack. In total, there are about 50 minutes of footage. Many of the clips are very brief. So this was massive. And I think when it first came out, uh, or the the news first broke, it was kind of a, is this real? And it was confirmed. So a statement from Rockstar mentioned that they had recently suffered a network intrusion in which an unauthorized third party illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information from our systems, including early development footage for the next Grand Theft Auto. Keeping in mind that this is a game that technically hasn't even been announced and to have this come out. So there are multiple angles. I I kind of want to see where we want to go with it. But for me, just the first thing is, it's, it's just such a shame to have the work from a developer's perspective just come out way sooner than you had planned it and then have people then make judgments on the game on something that is just in no way finished or representative of the final product. So I don't know, what did everyone think about when they saw this news break? Yeah, so I sort of, when it when it kind of broke, I didn't see it like as it came out. I saw it once it, the whole story had kind of formed. So I saw it after like all the other game developers had sort of hopped on showing off their games in early stage development um, and what it looked like. But when I saw it, I was like, no one one wants to see this leaked at this stage. It's not like we're nearing the release and you just want to get that 
like know what what it's about know what it's gonna look like it's like it's so early on that no one wants this no no one wants it this early on it's like seeing how the sausage is made no one wants to peek in the sausage factory it's not fun <laughs> but you know what i think it was there was some because gta 5 was was it 2013 it was released or so somewhere around there somewhere so there's there. i feel there's a lot of pent-up demand for the next game and there's almost a what i would say some level of sense of entitlement that to get to the next game and that's what fueled some of this. And mm. um, you mentioned, Tazzy, you, you said you had only come on to the story once like other developers came. Because one of the, the positives I feel to come out of this is there was a, uh, also a story where other developers released early footage from their biggest game. Because what was happening is, weirdly enough, I, I just don't get this, is that there were people who were thinking that the graphics they were seeing from the game were going to be... The final product and then obviously that's just not how games are made so then other developers sharing their footage to show that it's a process and the games that you see looking uh, however good they look did not look great for probably most of the development so we saw things like uh last of us Ryzen released one where it was the Thunder Jaw, where it's literally call a duty guy with a gun point at a big gray cube there was Control, Cult of Lambs, um, what else? There was a lot. There was a lot of, of developers that jumped on that. thing I don't get is, I thought the development, like, that's development. It looked amazing just in development. What's it going to be like when it comes out? And I don't get the whole entitlement of, like, I just wanted to prove GTA 6 was going to come out. They it's are not out. going to, yeah, they're not going to go, actually, we're going to stop at five, you know, the most financial thing, like, makes us the most money. You know what? We don't want money anymore. We're done. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Of course, GTA 6 is going to come out, but they're going to release it when it's ready. GTA 5 is how, how many versions come out now? GTA Online is still one of the biggest stream things on Twitch. Like, it's making the money. Why would they rush something when they can actually take the time, make GTA 6 good? Because there's a lot of, as we've said, a lot of people wanting it. If GTA mm. 5 still working, just let that work and just work on 6, get that time, because we don't want another cyberpunk. Exactly. Yeah, I think that it's, it's interesting, because, I mean, as someone who has been waiting patiently for, like, Breath of the Wild 2 for six years now, it's or almost six years, it's just... Why would you not want to wait longer to get a game that is going to be significantly better and more polished? And it's the same thing when games are delayed and oftentimes people will get really up in arms about it. But if anything, you should see that as a good thing because that means that the final product is going to be better. Mm. Yeah. Also, mm. like when you first get into a game that you've been waiting for for like 10 years or whatever it is, I don't want to see like a half done thing. Like I want to be taken by surprise and see it all as they wanted you to see it and be like, get back into the magic of it all. Because that's like the excitement of a new game coming out, especially if you've got like an emotional attachment to that too. Yeah. And so it's kind of sad on one, like obviously that, that people are now sharing people's work that, you know, they've spent, they've spent years doing this and now it's kind of like the immersion is ruined. But on the flip side of that, it's quite nice to see a lot of developers like uniting together and like sticking up for each other and having that community and like mm. offering a moment of education to gamers as well about how games can be made can is be made, yeah. a positive, I guess, to come out Definitely, of it. Definitely, yeah. 
Unfortunately, though, we know what people on the internet are like. They're not going to care. They're going to be like, oh, this game's dead. Duh, 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 duh. Like, they never listen. They just like to whinge. And yeah. If the, game, if the game came out like that, be like, oh, this is terrible. Oh, why are you taking so long? Oh, you should release yeah. it. They will whinge about anything just so they yeah. can whinge. That is the internet. But it does feel I think like this that. game's going to look amazing. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's Rockstar, it's GTA. You know they'll they'll put that quality in there. But I think Rosie touched on something like you mentioned education and the idea of develop showing their early work to show the process. And it kind of got me thinking because, and I want to have a future conversation around this, but I'm just not sure how to how to frame it. But I feel there's some element of that education that is still missing. So on behalf of the industry, and I guess from an individual level as well, where we. I say I say we like I make games, but uh, the industry kind of spends so much effort to show very polished, very sparkly trailers and hype and all that. And because we see so much of that, that's like the expectation. So I, I do feel that there's a maybe a majority of people that think games look like that all the time. So when you see something like this, they just take that as oh that that must be the the final the final look so is there some element uh rosie what what do you think if there's some element that game studios should actually make more of a habit of showing early work in progress work so that we understand like this is the process yeah i mean i don't see what harm it could do i mean it's kind of like when you see film behind the scenes isn't it like you always see people acting behind the green screen like and stuff like that and you never see you always see behind the scenes essentially um which you don't get to see in games very often unless it's like the voice acting or whatever which i'm always like so fascinated by i will watch voice acting and versus like what they did in mocap versus what the scene looked like in the end and Mm. stuff like i find that so interesting and i'm sure also like people who are looking to get into the into the industry would also find that very worthwhile and valuable to know as well so yeah i like 100 welcome the idea of being more transparent about these sorts of things and and also show how much work goes into a game. Like it does not, you don't just click a button and the graphics are better. Like I think a lot of people <laughs> think that that's the case. It's not the case. <laughs> Make good. Right? RTX and so, on. Done. There you go. Fixed. <laughs> literally. And it's just like, I think people would have a lot more respect for developers if they knew the amount of work that went into these games before they started then throwing abuse on the internet, you know? So I think yeah. what you said, Rosie, about sort of people who are looking to get into the industry, it can be a really valuable thing for them as well. Because when you're an aspiring artist in any regard, whether it's, you know, games, traditional art, music, whatever you have, a lot of what you see is the final product and you don't see all of the potentially terrible versions of the same thing that came before it. And then when you look at your potentially terrible first iterations of things it can be very disheartening because you are taking your first draft and comparing it to someone else's you know hundredth draft or so so being able to see more of the process behind it can be very encouraging from a perspective of people who are trying to get into that and trying to do that so yeah i think it i think it's generally a good thing but i think it should come from the perspective of the people who are making the art, releasing their art early if they want to. You know, I have a a lot of empathy for how it must feel for your work to be leaked and and stolen and released early. And that's quite a, I don't know, it puts you in a very vulnerable position. And it also... Yeah, it's disheartening. Yeah, and it ruins the work that a lot of people have put in. I mean, you know, people who are thinking about 
when to announce and what to do for the trailer. And like, that's a lot of people's jobs that you've now like significantly impacted. It's like if someone exposed your Twitter drafts and it's just like, like I can't. That's how I picture it anyway. I'm sure it's much more like poignant than that, but yeah, that's just how I see it. World's worst word in this is the word game designer. That job does not actually exist. We say, oh, I want to be a game designer. It doesn't. You have like the particle guys that like do all the gravity. You've got the actual background designers. You've got the level designers, the story developers. We need to stop saying game designer. Because it isn't just right a bunch of guys and girls sitting around going, right, okay, let's make a game. Done. It there's a lot of stuff in the background. When you watch the credits, the credits go on forever. That's why we yeah. need the skip button. None of them will say <laughs> game designer. It'll be say like particle, like gravity, and like the level, the sound engineers and things like that. Mm. Maybe we need to start saying these job roles rather than just saying game designer, because a game designer in that sense is like hundreds, two hundred people's jobs. And we need to start saying, actually, like when you look at the GTA links, it was showing the arrows and interactions that were happening, all those variables. If they walk over here, what does that character do? Someone's had to program that. But you don't just call them game designers. They actually have to manage Specific it all. roles, yeah. Yeah. I think as well, like in line with, with what everyone's sort of been saying, like the idea of seeing how a game is made. But like Sky said, at the at the time when when the development teams have decided that and yeah like i equally love seeing behind the scenes i love seeing how things started when like because a lot of the time how how they began is completely different to how they end up but i feel like as well that should be a, a post-release thing like you don't get the how the film was made before the film comes out do you, you get the behind the scenes once you've bought the dvd <laughs> Like it's way after release, and then it gets you excited for it again. Um, and then and then you're even more intrigued about it. And it'd be cool if we saw more things like that. Um, because as well, like it's very different seeing how something's made while it's being made, while you know every uh, entitled person on Twitter is like, "You're making it wrong. You should do yeah, this," yeah, you don't and need you that. don't you don't want that at that stage. But once the yeah. finished product is out and it's done and you're like here's the polished shiny thing then you can sort of roll back and be like by the way do you want to see how we got there like who doesn't love watching like their favorite youtuber who has these amazing videos now go through like their oh look at my old videos look at some like things that didn't make it and you're like crazy <laughs> but if you found them on that one you probably wouldn't have noticed them as much you know what i mean so, like, there is definitely a difference and and timing is everything, but we definitely need that education. Um, but yeah. it should be a, it should be under the control. It should not be someone else leaking. It's so Absolutely, vulnerable. Yeah. It's so hurtful. Like you're, you're not finished yet. And you're like, I'm not ready. I'm not <laughs> ready yet. I'm not ready for this. I'm vulnerable. <laughs> it's so um, funny that. Oh, sorry. Oh. You go. Okay, I was just going to say it was so funny that you mentioned DVDs because watching the special features on a DVD used to be my absolute favorite thing to do because there, there's just so much interesting stuff that goes into everything. I used to watch it a lot on like the Simpsons DVDs. And, yeah, <laughs> you see, it's just... you watch Lord of the Rings ones because they are longer than the oh films. Oh my God, yeah. They are amazing. Oh, yeah. those on my shelf. Yeah, that's <laughs> such good stuff. I saw this thing where... I think there's a person on YouTube that like mods 
um games to find that like look at the maps as a whole which i find absolutely fascinating because then they'll look in and see they'll show like where characters spawn at the start of a scene or like how much of the background is actually pre-generated and before you're even playing it and i was just like oh my god this is so cool because like when you're walking around you obviously they make it so that you can't see these like strange areas back in the side or it's just like a flat texture and you would never have guessed but like i i don't know i find it so interesting to like see what game designers might see and obviously it's at the end so i don't know i don't know how moral it is in them sharing that or if they they even got (laughs) that legally but it's very interesting What I always find interesting, you ever seen the um, IGN where the devs watch speedruns? Oh, of their game. Oh my gosh, and no, like, but that sounds great. Oh, no. like, I think they've watched, I think there's one for Stray recently as well, but basically they get the developers in and people do a speedrun when they found all the little hacks and all the like, glitches to get through and a lot of like when they get out the map and stuff. And the developers are watching saying, oh, I remember when I made that bit and everything like that. And when they're watching it going, someone did a death loop in like an hour or something, less than an hour. Like the whole death loop game, they just found glitches where they could get through doors and everything like that. It's um, devs react on IGN. It's amazing. Yeah. Speedrunners. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've seen a thumbnail and... for this. I now need to go back and actually watch the video. <laughs> There's so much interesting stuff when it comes to speedrunning, though. Like, I mean, you can beat Zelda in I think under 20 minutes now. And I remember it, it's not a speedrun thing, but I watched someone exploiting glitches in Animal Crossing to like turn the camera around so you can see behind stuff because obviously that whole game you only ever see it from one angle so you were like what does the tree look like from the back or what do the houses look like from the back and it's all this like kind of unfinished stuff (laughs) because or like the things that are out of bounds that never needed to be finished and i just find it so interesting to see all of those pieces yeah i think we do like seeing those those things and and you mentioned cj like developers like seeing people play with it at the right time there's a time and place yeah, but after they bought the game yeah, when yeah, it was yeah that's, the, that's the first time like, by, once you've shown that yeah, here yeah. is how it's supposed to be played and then yeah. here's you bugging it out yeah and it's interesting to see people it's mention films so much as well mm. oh, i saw the hitman 3 like the yeah. like they finished the level in six seconds yeah one of the yeah. levels they finished it in I six they've done this one. big huge level all this interaction someone just goes Done. Yeah, and just done. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> I think it's... Oh, go ahead, Tazzy. I was just going to say, I think, at least for me, like, I remember playing, like, Spyro on the PS1 and, like, a lot of games on that sort of era of console. And a lot of the time of those, it was very easy to, like, get behind the, bat- the map. Like, you'd do it on accident. You'd see a lot of that sort of stuff by accident. So maybe just to have having that little bit more awareness of like how it's put together from those experiences. I think games are so polished and like advertised so polished now that if as soon as anything's like not 100%, unless you're someone that plays like a lot of indie games, but when people are talking about like um, sort of like big budget games and AAA games that they expect everything to be like this super polished finished thing and if any and also like not just that but also exactly how they expect it to be they've got their expectations rather than what the game is and that's a losing battle yeah 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 so and yeah i just don't have appreciation for it yeah exactly and like i don't know if anyone has anyone played subnautica here 
Yeah. I know of it. Okay, so basically the way that they released it was they released like a a really early access version and then they developed it like over two, was it like two years that they just kept adding updates and they kept asking the community what they wanted to see and the community would help them like find bugs because it was such a huge map and you would like always end up falling through the bottom of the sea or whatever, which was terrifying. But it was a really interesting way of development because it was like the least polished game I'd seen when it first got out. And then loads of like quite big content creators found it and were like, this is amazing. This is so cool, which is why it ended up becoming as big as it did and succeeding and being able to actually be developed and and published, which is awesome. But yeah, they would show you and then you like you can go back to the early access and see how different it is from the main game. And then they release like a finalized game that you could buy with all of the story elements added in. And I was just like, that's such a cool way to showcase a game, you know, like you're working with the developers to make it better. And like, it's kind of similar, like in RuneScape as well, the old school RuneScape, they take votes on what content, mm. the new content they want to see in the game. And I was like, it's just such a nice way to connect with gamers as well. <laughs> and there is a... There are different ways to do it, and there are, obviously this GTA League is is not the way to do oh, it. But there are, yeah. yeah, there are <laughs> positive ways to share yeah. that, and I think just because I mentioned like workshops uh, before, like one of the things that I've been doing is like a game design workshop, like tabletop game design, but going through like the mechanics of uh, making a game. So how do you design a game? How do you think about the 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 space of the game, the mechanics, the rules, and all that? And what it's shown is that. It's given people, when we're talking like college age and younger, an appreciation of how a change impacts the process. So you can't just like change things and the game just works. You have to play test and adding something here might break something over there. And I think that kind of thing, I mean, you know, this is small scale, but that kind of thing, like you you described, Rosie, of like showing people like this is how it's made. Now, obviously you can't, GTA is like literally the biggest entertainment franchise in the world. So there's only so much you can do on a game that scale or or approaching that scale but i do think like the industry can do better in terms of like educating people so that we don't necessarily get things or at least the reaction to this where people just don't have an understanding of the game process and are making like determinations on just uh, a lack of information so i think there's a better way a uh, better way to do that all right so that was a big story i wanted to take that particular angle just because see if we can find something positive um, out of what is and illegal uh, illegal act actually speaking of legal stuff uh let's go to microsoft and and talk about their slow takeover of activision blizzard because this was another massive story at a time and it's it's one of those things where you get the the big splash of the story the nearly 70 billion acquisition of uh one of the biggest uh, gaming brands and then from a news media kind of fades out of um fades out of view but the the work still continues so the work in this case is microsoft essentially having to go around to different regulators around the world and show that this acquisition does not mess up competition in the gaming landscape so interesting things have have come out and between microsoft and sony uh so the latest story uh, i've got from uh from forbes is that Brazil have approved Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard without any stipulations. 
So this uh, article says that what's notable, what's notable about Brazil's approval is the case they make for why they don't seem to mind this deal going through. Namely, the regulatory body there is saying that they do not have a responsibility to protect the interests of a specific competitor, Sony, like Sony PlayStation. And even if Microsoft does take Call of Duty and all other Activision games exclusive to the Xbox ecosystem, that's not a move that would hurt competition across the entire market. So I feel like this is something where different regulatory bodies will have different views based on, essentially based on the politics of the, uh, of the land. Uh, but what's interesting is they mention Sony specifically, Sony PlayStation, because one of the threads of this is Call of Duty and would the deal by Xbox mean that Call of Duty, which is next to GTA, one of the biggest games franchises, uh, would that become an xbox exclusive does anyone here play call of duty just to take the temperature of the room not anymore no, not for many years um, okay I used same to play like not for a while multiplayer. yeah but... i used to have like every call of duty game on both 360 and ps3 and then as we sort of got into the same the ps4 xbox um <laughs> one generation i like yeah. started to dial it down and then now i'm like the Warzone <laughs> updates are way too big for me to be <laughs> playing that game. <laughs> 100 gigabit for Warzone. It's kind of like, that's a big chunk of your console when I can get yeah. if I shooting games for like literally a tenth of that. And there's an update literally every time you open it up. Really? <laughs> and it is, this is like a 70 gig update. You're like, it's it's the whole game at that point. Like It I just, does sound ridiculous. That's the, that's the tiring yeah. part. Otherwise, I dabble in it but it's just too big to dabble in <laughs> yeah yeah i used to play it more when it was on pc when it was just world war ii and then it, i think one of the first ones on console and it just for me became a lot of the same game not that that's necessarily a bad thing but for me it's like that's less interest so but i think it's, it's important because when we talk about the the console landscape and, and competition and this activision blizzard deal which hasn't gone through yet just to, for people to know i know that the big story is that microsoft are buying but they still need to get it passed so what's come out is that PlayStation have been making a lot of noise about this upsetting competition. Uh, so you've got one regulatory body in Brazil saying that they basically, you know, wipe, wash their hands of it. Uh, we don't care. It's not our problem. Uh, I wonder what will happen in, in Europe and USA, but because those are the two, the two main markets that this would have to pass. So what I'd like to get a sense of from people is, is this takeover going to upset the balance or competition between these two competitors, Sony and Microsoft, is Call of Duty that big a property that if Microsoft are to complete this deal, it would mean that Microsoft and Xbox becomes the best-selling console because everyone flocks over there. What do we think? I think everyone assumes that it's going to be exclusive to Xbox. I think it'd be crazy to do that because it's so a So I guess that's maker. a better question. Do you think mm. they, will, they will do that? I don't. I don't. There'll yeah. be certain things that will be exclusive. But DLC make it... outfits, and that's how they'll make the money saying, by the yeah. way, you can have the bog standard Call of Duty on PlayStation, or you can have the shiny unicorn outfit on the Xbox. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's go to the unicorn. Exactly. Be, it would be like you spend that much money on an acquisition, and you don't want to you don't want to make all the money. <laughs> back and especially how Call of Duty makes their money I think they make I'm pretty sure I saw the statistics and I would need to like get them up 
but way more money is made on PlayStation uh, microtransactions for Call of Duty than on any other console or platform. I think also so, Call of Duty used to have a bit of exclusivity, the PlayStation, for a bit, where you used to get yeah. all of the um, pre-order exclusives you could play. I yeah. think the latest Call of Duty, actually, PlayStation owners could play on the multiplayer before the Xbox ones for a few weeks, so they've kind of had that deal. Maybe that's what they do if it moves to Microsoft. Those exactly. you can play the game one month before PlayStation, and that would draw them over. So mm. they have a little bit of exclusivity, but still get the sales on the PlayStation. Exactly. Yeah, but what interesting what Sony are saying is that even if it doesn't go exclusive, they still think the impact of it being under Microsoft will impact competition. And it's interesting, like all these legal things, because you know we're used to getting the marketing the angle from these companies. But I feel it's really when you get into these like legal proceedings that you find out what how companies operate because Sony have made a big deal of of saying that this will essentially harm their business and and therefore it shouldn't go through. So uh, yeah, I think they're making the case that if Microsoft does complete a deal, then just the, the mere fact of it being a, a Microsoft brand will impact their business, which Brazil is saying we don't care. Can I just I just wanna uh I'm gonna a little bit of a burn to PlayStation. <laughs> But maybe that just means that you actually need to rise to the competition <laughs> and compete because they have been a little bit lazy. So <laughs> dramatic, isn't it? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, PlayStation started it. They give Microsoft the middle finger when they bought Bungie. It's like, we're going to take the, one of the most famous exclusive companies that you had from Halo and we're going to buy it. And then Xbox went, fine, we'll buy Activision. <laughs> think, um, and then they're throwing their toys out the pram because they're yeah. upset that it's a two-player game <laughs> i also think as well like uh for a long time playstation wasn't up for um cross-platform playing um and even now that they've started to be like okay maybe we will yeah. uh they've got a lot of restrictions um and a lot of a lot of things that they're saying like for developers like if you're going to do it, you can't do it this way. Da, da, da. If you buy things um, on PlayStation, you can't transfer them over to any other platforms. There's some games that you uh, cross-play. You can play them with people on other consoles, uh, on other platforms. But you can't, like, you don't have your progression transferred, but you can between the other consoles, uh, the other platforms. So <laughs> basically, PlayStation is just upset that they can't, be they're not the dominant ones any like they can't be like on top <laughs> and i think it's always good to drive competition and force a company to be more competitive um and hopefully that's what it does i don't think got used to being on top the kind of stuff well playstation everyone's going to buy some microsoft have went actually let's bring out game pass game pass has been their biggest success to the fact that playstation mm. and sony have copied it They've released a cheap version of the console. I know they did the PlayStation 5 digital. That wasn't cheap. That was not cheap. And it's still <laughs> oh, massive. We're, we're going we're oh, to get to that. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Xbox have literally went, you know what? What does Sony not have that we can get people in? And I think Game Pass has put Microsoft back on fighting, kind of. Mm. Well, yeah, we're going to offer everyone all of the games for a five or a month. Winner. Yeah. Mm. 
And to the points that Sony are making, the CMA or the Competition and Markets Authority, which is our, our UK regulatory body, basically outlined a few points. I won't go through them all, but I will put a link in the in the chat. But they did highlight some things that include saying that Sony PlayStation has been the largest console platform for over 20 years with an install base of over 150 million consoles, making it larger than Nintendo and more than double the size of Xbox. Sony engages in conduct today, which is reflective of its market power in console gaming, including increasing prices, which we'll get to, of its consoles without fear of losing market share. Uh, and then it goes on to explain how even if uh, they lost Call of Duty, they're still, they're still Sony, they're still PlayStation, they're still big. So, I mean, I think this deal will go through. And I think despite Sony's efforts to make it seem like this will end uh, end parity or or any kind of fairness, uh, I think it will eventually go through. So the the question before we get into Sony's uh, price increases is: this is still a big deal. It's still a near seventy billion acquisition. Microsoft, one of the biggest companies in the world, not just gaming companies in the world, taking over what was one of the biggest gaming companies in the world. Is this going to impact? the games industry access to games the type of games that get released like do we think this is going to be a, a positive for the industry yeah i feel like it can go either way i think more more of a concern than like just microsoft making this purchase is the fact that we have a lot of acquisitions going on at the moment from a few big players that are just like scooping everything up. And that concerns me more than just specifically Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard. That I think that's the scarier part is having a few very big players than like, I'm not worried about PlayStation versus Xbox. No. They'll both be fine. <laughs> yeah, they'll yeah, both be will. fine. I'm worried that we're gonna have such too little competition um in terms yeah. of the big players. I don't want to lose out. That big a company anymore. They used to be one of the biggest, but actually, I'm just mm. looking at their games catalog here, and it is literally just Call of Duty, Spyro, Crash Bandicoot. Oh, Activision. That, it's just... uh, so it's it's Activision Blizzard. Blizzard. So they yeah. are. Yeah. Oh, so I suppose you got League of Legends as well, uh, which also it? includes King World right? of Warcraft. And Call yeah. of Duty is like is, is it shouldn't yeah. be understated how big Call of Duty yeah. Uh, is. And, and yeah, doesn't it also include King though? So like Candy Crush. King, yep, it does. Xbox though, <laughs> yeah. like the both companies that are developing new games, future franchises, like Bethesda that are taking risks. And I know fair enough they've released twenty five versions of Skyrim, but they do release like new properties and advance. Activision seems kind of a step back from Microsoft in a sense because all of their other companies are pushing forward. And like the Deathloop company, um, Microsoft owned the company that made Arcane, yeah. But because of the exclusivity deal that had to stay in place, Arcane are releasing a great game soon. I keep forgetting its name. I want to say Redfall or something like that. Yeah, Redfall. Yeah. Like they, they are literally pushing the boundaries, whereas Activision is, is literally going, let's make a shoot 'em up again. Let's make Call of Duty, which yeah. is great. But mm. I can see I think it that's to do stale. with their reputation, though, as well. Oh, reputation. Like the whole acquisition. Other about well, them. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
let's not go into that one right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everyone was like, oh, God. That's always fair. Push that little bit aside. <laughs> uh, I, I feel there'll be, there'll, be, uh, there'll be time for another conversation around, yeah. around that whole thing. But um, interesting, CJ, you mentioned from a, like it sounds from a creative perspective, you're saying this is a step back in terms of that. And I guess, like for me, this is an interesting to watch this happen because you know like time and time for many years people say like video games is the the biggest industry is bigger than music and film combined and this is kind of what you get with that you get businesses who aren't necessarily thinking creatively at the forefront and not to say that microsoft and xbox haven't done good things but if you think of it from a business perspective this is microsoft buying activision who make just reliable money generating franchises and saying we'll have some of that for our system and it from that perspective to me it, it makes perfect sense not to say i don't i because i agree what with what tazzy's saying but it makes sense that they would say yeah let's have that because we know people are going to buy call of duty we know a bunch of people are playing uh candy crush uh, and we've already got bethesda so we've got that the creative part for our you know first party exclusives let's shore up the the bottom line uh, essentially and it's not a fun thing but i feel because games this is like one of the signs of video games as an industry getting bigger and bigger you're going to get these kind of moves these kind of uh decisions and yeah it's i don't know yeah i feel like i agree with you tazzy about just bigger and bigger players owning more and more and that restricting because what then what happens is where's the middle space for the games that aren't necessarily going to get the Call of Duty audience, but still are valid experiences creatively. Uh, we might get less of that. I don't know. It seems to limit everything, doesn't it? Like with everyone, like the same people owning all of the different companies, I feel like it's just going to produce the same types of games if they're not careful. Mm-hmm. And it also just like, I don't know, <laughs> it doesn't narrow the whole experience. Like I like to be able to, look at lots of different developers from different companies who who <laughs> aren't just the same big people getting the same like the amazons of the games companies you know so yeah. <laughs> what i've just read is because um because of all these deals they've actually had to release some of their financial information and it's yep. saying that game pass actually made them 2.9 billion dollars wow i knew it would have made them money but i didn't realize <laughs> xbox game pass made that much I think because as well, a lot of people expected it to not make as much so early on, and they just sort of expected it to be not making money or oh, okay. making a very small margin. Um, and then, oh, I'll have to find the article so we can um, put in the notes, but there was an article on the support that they're using some of that profit to put back into um, not just their own games, but like indie developers that on their platform that 2.9 doesn't include pc PC, and they've had 25 million subscribers Mm. to xbox game pass and their gaming division only made 16 billion if you think about that that a huge chunk of that 16 was just from game pass not including pc which i think will probably be a lot lower probably but but still sizable and it kind of shows you because the approach that like Sony are taking to selling consoles in that they still very much want to, and the approach that Microsoft are taking in that, meh, we've got Game Pass, it kind of shows you that they must have been making some money there for them to not completely shift, because obviously they still want to sell, sell consoles, but 
think at least from my perspective, it, it's clear that they're not as interested in selling the physical units mm. as Sony are because they've got this this uh, Surface Game Pass, which is yeah, generating a sizable chunk yeah. of cash. Yeah, they've cornered the kind of, what's the best way of saying it, the casual gamer, because the Xbox Series S is so cheap, you've got Game Pass, which means you don't need physical discs and everything, and you can just get Game Pass when you want for like a tenner a month, and you've got this whole library of games, it'd be crazy not to. Like, I've got the Series X, but my daughter's got the Series S next door, and she just plays Minecraft, so I have to pay a Game Pass just so I can do Minecraft. But again... <laughs> I feel like I'm still money in because, like, when Halo came out, oh, brilliant, I've got Game Pass. I can just play that when I want. Tunic yeah. came out on Game Pass. Wow, brilliant. I don't have to buy the game. It just makes financial sense to me. I'm paying a tenner a month, but that would be the same, so 120 quid. So current games, that would be, like, two games a year. Two games, by yeah. Like, 60 quid. And that's not getting. including what you're not sure about. Like, you're actually yeah. like, I don't know about this game. Let me try it. Like, the amount of games I get to discover like it's just i don't know if anyone's tried the choose a random game for me like su- the surprise me button there's a surprise me button there's a surprise me button. <laughs> and it That's will just so give cool. you like a random game to play and on that like i use the cloud feature i have a series x and a series s and i use the cloud feature on both of them just for when i'm like not sure about this game am i gonna want it is it worth installing onto my console like let's try it out and i'm realizing recently because i don't have a tv or anything in my room that i can like i'm not a massive fan of playing games on my phone depending on the game but then i realized oh wait i've got cloud i can sit on my laptop and play a game on there and it is like a pretty cool thing and a different approach that um xbox are taking that's making definitely other other parts of the industry sort of like look at that can I ask a quick question? Yeah. Does anyone have like PlayStation Plus Extra or PlayStation Plus Premium? Because I've only got the Extra, the Premium. It just doesn't uh, seem money wise the same as Game Pass yet, but no, it's more it's expensive not. than Game Pass. You know yeah, I've just got like the base a... one, wherever the, the default. I don't one. have a PS5, so it doesn't. I only have a PS4, and there's <laughs> so much that isn't available. Yeah, <laughs> that is like there's literally no point. <laughs> I, and yes, I got the Sonic Blue one because it had to be done. <laughs> Obviously, of course you do. I bought the controller. That was it. I don't even have the PlayStation Five. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's really free. I'm manifesting. It's I, the, the rest. I was like, the rest one will day come. I'll be yeah, able. The to rest do. will come. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. The little bits. So and the rest sad. will come. I guess. <laughs> Are you are you less likely to get one now that the price of the PS5 has gone up? That yes. is the question. I'm never going to be able to afford that. I'm I literally use it just for PC gaming now. And that's it. Yeah. And I'm fine with that because I got Game Pass on my PC and was like this is incredible. I don't need to buy like I've got too many games to be able to ever play in my life. I know, yeah, right. right. Of course I like I will be looking for the exclusives. Like is God of War going to be exclusive now or is it going to come out on PC? No, as well? it's also PS4. If I I assume eventually it will come to PC because I think Sony are, are changing their strategy where in time like a year you might have to wait a while they'll bring out their first party games on PC, but they still want that that gap because their approach is different. They they still like we need to sell these systems. So to sell these systems we need these exclusives. And, and as, as Tazzy mentioned, and oh, yeah, and yeah. actually made the consoles. Well, I mean, while they're making the consoles, we're all going to have to pay extra. Well, I managed to get mine before the price rise. But while I've Xbox are two. doing their whole... Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> they, 
Listen, <laughs> if you want to donate any, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I stupidly took the risk thinking, you know what? I'm going to go digital. And I got it. And then all of a sudden, after everyone bought the original lot, I got it on release day. They went, oh, if you own this game, it upgrades the PlayStation 5 for free. But I've got all of the discs. And it's kind mm. of like, oh, well, I'm missing out on all of my games on PlayStation 5. So then I had to get the disc edition just yeah. so I could play the PlayStation 5. Otherwise, I'd be paying like 50 quid for the digital version again just so I can play them. And I thought that was a stupid move. I should have just stuck with disc. Yeah. Get everything. That's always the, mm. uh, especially yeah. early. But yeah, the the price of the PS5 is going. Well, actually, it's already gone up. I think it was, it was a effective immediately change where the price of the PS5, apparently due to global economic environments and something about currency exchange, has gone up everywhere except the United US. States <laughs> of America for some reason. So for us in the UK, that means that the disc ps5 is 479.99 pounds and the disc less digital edition is 389.99 so it's gone up by 30 pounds or 50 euros and probably 30 dollars still because uh, the exchange rate is so so bad now but this is this this is crazy like i, I have to take off my playstation uh, hat for a second and like the idea that two years near two years into a console cycle the price is going up. I mean, I know we've just been through a pandemic and stuff is still messed up following that, but it is a it's a mad move that I just I can understand on one level, but for me, for them to do this and immediately after that Sony announced this, both Xbox and Nintendo said that they have no plans to raise the price. So that's like an immediate PR win for yeah. them. So yeah. the fact that Sony did this, knowing that that would be the response means something something's happening basically yeah the funny thing is it wasn't even just like competing consoles that said they weren't gonna put their prices up the whole of the tech industry (laughs) was like oh yeah we're not putting our prices up even though (laughs) you may have heard that sony is putting the prices off of their playstations by the way like we we're all other tech companies are like we're not we're not doing that we actually PlayStation uh, just help sell xboxes like the market <laughs> for xbox are just like we just need to put out a tweet same price that's it so, yeah so done yeah <laughs> marketing done for the year we can uh save money there <laughs> and it's interesting that you bring up like other tech companies because i just it's such a weird take to do that you know, as you said, a couple of years into the life of a console that has a, a short life, like con- consoles by nature are going to go out of date. And it, I mean, imagine if like they did this with the new iPhone, like imagine if they hiked up the price of that when you know there's going to be another one so soon. So if anything, like that's even more of a deterrent for spending a lot of money on something like that. And I mean, that's a big part of why I almost exclusively game on PC because even, I mean, my PC could be 10 years old and it it still plays the same games. It maybe doesn't do it as well, but I don't have to buy a new PC every like three or four years. Isn't this usually the point where they release the sim versions of the PlayStation? Yeah. Fair enough, if like price went up saying, right, we're up at the price, but we've released a slim down version of the PlayStation 5 and you could go, fair enough. But like, yeah. they haven't, they just went, it's the same PlayStation, same but now it's thirty pound more. Yeah, Genius right. Not, they've not come out. That's the other. Like, I was literally about to say the same thing because I'm very much like not getting a PS5 while they are literally gigantic. Um, <laughs> but 
they haven't released uh, a slim. We're probably not going to get that for a couple of years now. Um, there's no pro. There's no like. There's no new version of it yet, and we're, we've not got that. And we've not got that like. We've not got anything as a consumer to justify that change in price. Not to yeah. mention that, like, I mean, people are still like, how do I get one? They're, yeah, where, scarcity where, still. Where is it? <laughs> Maybe that's why they justified doing it, because yeah. they were like, oh, well, we'll make more. We'll charge more for it because we can make them quicker. Uh, and then no one will be able to get one still. Yeah. <laughs> so people came out well from this are the people that are already on the Playstations and they're like, wait, I think yeah, really I know. quick <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. yeah and it, it is a it I, i'm gonna read a bit from the from the playstation blog on this because yeah just their words will say it better they say the global the global economic environment is a challenge that many of you around the world are no doubt experiencing definitely we are seeing high global inflation rates as well as adverse currency trends that was the phrase i was trying to get before impacting consumers and creating pre- pressure on many industries so and then based on that They've uh, made a difficult decision to increase the recommended retail price of the PlayStation 5. So I mentioned when we, we talked about Xbox that there's a the sort of business decisions. Um, and I think uh, this might be a quite cynical, cynical take, but feel free to give your opinion on this. But I think this is like the pandemic has like stretched out the, the length of time of these cycles. So usually what happens is you'll sell something, unless you're Nintendo, close to a loss because you'll make it up in games. Um, But what we've seen because of the pandemic is that that cycle is stretched out. So I think at this point where Sony might expect to make a certain amount of profit, they're making a lot lot less. So this to me feels like a move to shore up that that profit margin as a very cynical take, but I feel that's what's happening because there's no other... Yeah, I can't. I can't see any other explanation to take that kind of PR hit. But then yeah. it also makes me wonder why doesn't anyone else do that? But I don't but, know. But I mean, when you look at it that way, it does make sense. But I just, it doesn't make sense to do that kind of thing from a PR perspective. I mean, no. even in what you just read, that basically translates to. I know that you've just had possibly the worst two years of your life and you're really poor and now we're <laughs> going to charge you more for something. Like, that's what it is. Yeah, when actually the video games industry just want that as a sound <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's true, though. It's, it's true. Absolute facts. Absolute facts. Video <laughs> games shot up during the pandemic yeah. because so many right. people started playing them. Their profits must have also shot up. Yeah. And now they're saying that they can't afford to sell it at a certain price, even though barely yeah. anyone bought it new. With. Sony knew that social media would be so nice about it because yeah, social course. media is great <laughs> with this. <laughs> nice we understand your pain, Sony. You didn't get your one billion you usually get. That's okay. And that's <laughs> what people are literally starving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Okay. Anything, but don't worry. I know. <laughs> it's all right. If you've got a PS5, you don't need to. <laughs> no, it puts off so <laughs> much energy. It's like yeah. a built in radiator. <laughs> Um, so despite what I just said, I'm going to make another prediction that I don't think this price rate raise will impact the number of consoles they sell in the next, I'm going to say the next year, year and a half, because I still feel, and this is my reasoning, I still feel we're in the period of the people that are largely speaking, the people that are looking to get a PlayStation are going to get it regardless. That's what I think. I think two years beyond and it's It's still high, then it'll start to affect. 
<laughs> Stephen and Scalpers. Scalpers yeah, exactly. Well, there you go. There you go. We went in the middle of the two. We went 600 quid. Right, if we put ours here, yeah, exactly. still the Scalpers. They became the Scalpers. I agree that they're still going to sell the units, but what I think they're not going to do is sell those units to new customers and a diverse range of customers to mm. sell their games to in the future by that point everyone's going to have decided what lane they're in and they're not going to switch because people have less money so they're going to just invest more people are going to only invest in one console rather than go in the yeah, yeah. the more the small the portion of people that would get both that's going to be a smaller amount going forward because i don't know if sony got the message but people are broke <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i can't afford right? 70 pound a game anymore that's, yeah that's, that's not even to mention I've the game's more the expensive maths. a series s is 250 quid you could get a year's worth of games pass and still be about 110 quid better off you don't even have to, so you can get the, they've got their, what's it called, like their pay monthly thing where you get the console game pass and included in the bundle. And I think that works out it's even cheaper. more financial viable. Yeah. Because um, like it's a like, mobile phone contract. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you get an upgraded console when they decide to put out an upgraded console. Yeah. It's a lot <laughs> more budget friendly, especially it's, with games as well. Like, yeah. Because PlayStation, I like PlayStation, don't you? I have a PlayStation 4. Not yeah, well, yeah, well, <laughs> there's not there's not enough exclusives to warrant me getting a five that I would yeah. I wouldn't be able to play. Yeah. Like, what's the point? And I'd also be spending so much more to be able to play them on a console that is just so expensive. I don't know. Yeah, what can you not? There's very few that you can't play on a PS4, or that mm-hmm. you'll eventually be able to play play on a PC. For this to be, they've got to have a long term goal in mind for this to make sense. Because Xbox have the edge with Game Pass right now, and I think they know it and they're panicking. Yeah, because at the moment, that's just, there's long term, like, I don't, I mean, (laughs) I'm not in their head. As Sony clearly, I'm not going to doubt that Sony have some kind of plan, but do they, is there, I don't know if their ego is Is getting in the way. Maybe they do. Yeah, they we've seen the extra thirty pounds to buy, save up to <laughs> buy Activision from Microsoft because we were like, we want to buy that first. Yeah, like what, what, what are they doing? Because we've we've seen consoles do it. Like we've it kind of flip flops between between consoles, right? On who's got the ego that ultimately, yeah, yeah. Sony have been is here their before. demise. Yeah, we've we've been there before. It's like, have you got your ego in check, PlayStation? Because mm. we do want you to do well like we we're not here like we want you to do best but yeah (laughs) (laughs) because like we we spoke about uh god of war which uh is a personal favorite of nigel's oh yeah oh no that Uh, is uh i'm just gonna undermine everything i said because i'm getting that game however much (laughs) nigel is one of those like (laughs) if you didn't have a PlayStation already (laughs) would still be getting one regardless i'm already sold um i like was very much like really adamant i definitely wanted both consoles during their life cycle and not the end of it because i got my ps4 after the ps5 came out (laughs) and i was very adamant that i wanted to have both of them alongside but sony are making that very difficult like very very difficult to have the full collection like 
I do miss my PlayStation 4. You know, I miss that sound of the PlayStation 4 sound like an aeroplane jet engine taking yeah. off when you're playing like Ghost of Tsushima and stuff. I do yeah. miss that sound it really echoing you. round. It's my go-to console for the winter now. Um, yeah. Even just for playing. Just to <laughs> even just for, just for watching um, watching shows because it does actually act as... No, no, it genuinely does act as a heater. Yeah. So ignore what Boris told you with the 10 quid kettle. No, no. Sit around your PlayStation 4 Pro, sort of for winter. I was really, really cold and I was debating whether to put the heating on and I watched something and I was like, oh, I don't need to anymore. It's all good. Okay. It's well. all good. I was, I was warmed. Mine's got so loud that like I have to really turn up the volume of the TV to be able to actually hear what's going oh, on now because it's right next to it. It's yeah. embarrassing. It's not that bad, bad, actually. I don't the know why. The reason I actually bought my PlayStation 5 is because I really wanted to play Ghost, but when I was putting on the PlayStation 4 Pro, it was so loud. So I actually waited a year until the PlayStation 5 came out just so I could play the game. <laughs> oh, my God. Incredible. Wow, yes. well, PS4 it was still, it. It was still good wait. for something, <laughs> at least. You know who never makes anyone mad is Nintendo. Nintendo. <laughs> and Checkers players. Yeah, yeah, they have... I, I don't even know what Nintendo are doing with their games uh, at the moment, but they have a film coming out. Has everyone seen the trailer no. for the new yes. Mario? <laughs> <laughs> Reaction um, incoming. It's such okay. a meme. Yeah, but you've not you've not seen it. I've not seen it. I'm not a trailers person, so I genuinely don't watch trailers. We could do a live reaction now. Like you could watch it now, and we could see Please. your reaction in real time. <laughs> Can we? <laughs> but a lot of people have mentioned it and said that I should watch it. So you should. Oh, I'm going to do a yeah, live reaction should. at some point. Um, it's important. I have had um, Mario's butt spoiled, so I'm going to yeah. say oh, like, it's Twitter, so Twitter flat. Will always always spoil Biggest something. disappointment of our lives, right? Yeah, they could Maybe have... they all have a Sonic makeover, you know. Yeah, they left out some pixels um, for that. But, um, <laughs> so Nintendo, uh, they have a production studio, a visual production company, Dino Pictures, which they have bought and renamed Nintendo Pictures. And I presume the first entry out of this studio is the new Mario film, which is coming out is it spring 2023. So the trailer came out, which you can expect to see Tazzy's reaction. I will say, <laughs> I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I was conflicted when I was watching it, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. All right, I'm not sure listen. What, if Chris Pratt is, if Chris, Chris Pratt is doing anything, but I'm optimistic. <laughs> you can see me like gearing up because I have so yeah, many opinions see, yeah, about sorry, it. Do I need to like talk. take my earphones out for this bit? Just so yeah, Tazzy, you might need to I mean, just yourself. watch it. There are, yeah, I'm, there are gonna be spoilers for this trailer because right. okay. yeah, give me a like we'll way where when we're Tazzy done. <laughs> Okay, so, I mean, the first thing is, I think it actually looks good. Like, the, the film looks, looks good. The film like, looks good. The only thing about the film that looks bad is Mario. And that is a really bad sign when the film is, is about, about Mario. It's when you Mario, say it doesn't look good, are you talking about, like, visually, the voice, the what aspect? It's mostly the voice, and I will get on to that. Um, but it's... It's... Okay, right. So Bowser looks excellent. A lot of the film looks really fun and in kind of the same way that the Sonic movies are fun. Like they're definitely Don't mention, them to me. Don't mention those movies to me. Oh, oh you know what? Okay, so listen. <laughs> they're yeah. not even bad. But a lot of, you know, like obviously 
it's geared toward children the bit with the penguins you know it, it's cute it's fun yeah. it's it's a joke it's, it's a little bit minionsy for my liking which is not ideal but yeah this is the it, same studio that made minions is it the yes. yeah uh, elimination okay so there's a lot of it that that looks really good visually looks really good everything about it looks great i mean luigi looks fantastic but just hire voice actors to do voice acting. You don't need to hire Chris Pratt to do a voice acting role. There are so many people out there who are incredibly talented and are, mm. are literally trained to take notes and adapt their voice to suit what they're trying to do, which a, a, a typical, like a normal actor isn't going to be able to do in, in the same way. And and this voice that is, I mean, number one, so iconic. And number two, like needs really specific direction to get it right. Yeah. Someone like Chris Pratt isn't going to be able to do that well. And it's not surprising at all that, I mean, number one, we saw very little of Mario in his own trailer, yeah. probably because yeah. they were really scared <laughs> that we would all hate it. And number two, like you're putting that against jack black's bowser really like no like jack, jack black because <laughs> jack black oh God, he's bowser. so iconic oh, he's perfect <laughs> like he's he, he, just he gets it put on a voice he just needs to be jack black in that yeah. works because no one cares what bowser. bowser's voice is they yeah. just love the fact that jack black and the personalities also... will work the personality there does work, but also Jack Black. I mean, like if you've seen any of the like panels he's done about it, or if you've seen even the bit in the Nintendo Direct, like right before they did the trailer when he was talking about it, like he understands the character. He's done the work, he's done the research, he knows the role, and he's got the right voice for the role because of his musical background in part and because of you know, being like affiliated with the games industry as well. Chris Pratt has none of that and therefore isn't going to be able to be successful. And it, it just seems like such a, a weird casting choice. That being said, I do have a little conspiracy <laughs> theory <laughs> that, that they might be doing a little bit of a Sonic trailer with this where like it's so bad that everyone starts talking about it a lot and it's not because i oh we had that discussion so the conspiracy time. theory is that sonic yeah, yeah. was never meant to look like that in the I, first trailer and it, it can't was just have been. it can't because no you know what sonic looks like behind the scenes on that and actually that was how sonic was going to look i don't believe i can't sure? believe that surely not how because we know and what sonic looks like behind the right. scenes is they had a huge advertising budget and they were going to go to, I won't say which, but let's just say a certain Comic-Con I'm associated with and they <laughs> were going to have money invested and sponsor it and everything like that. After the trailer came out, they had to pull all of the advertising money to invest back into the film. Now, that's what I was told, the reason why all of a sudden they couldn't advertise at the events that they planned to do or plan on doing all the gaming events and a lot of the Comic-Cons, they had to pull all of that advertising money back in to invest back into the film. That's wow. interesting. And, and if that's the case, then I do hope, and I do believe that what we saw in this trailer is not how it's going to sound when the film is released. I don't believe that. It's specifically anything, Mario. just watch the Italian mix. The Italian dub seems much better, more oh, energetic. Yeah. I, just I haven't seen that. I check that. Charles Martinet, <laughs> the actual voice of Mario. Oh, yeah. Imagine making a film where you have a fantastic voice actor already and you decide not to use him. And get I don't understand. Pratt. Like, I get that it's like, it would be quite a uh, a lot to listen to that accent for like an hour and a bit, like sure. But still, <laughs> why would you piss Chris Pratt to do it? Like, oh, that's, that's the thing though. Like, 
what I was saying, if you hire a voice actor, you can tell them, oh, can you do it? Yeah, do it more like this, do it more like, because they, yeah. they literally, like, they've been to school for it. Like, they've trained their voice specifically to be able to deliver a certain thing. Because voice acting is a specific actor, skill. It's not just it, Exactly. It's, it's a, such yeah. a different skill. It's such a different skill. So taking a classic actor and trying to get them to do something that is one so iconic and two so nuanced is... It just seems stupid. You think they did it as like a PR stunt to be like, we're going to get the most like, <laughs> not hated, but like probably one of the most hated people hated, in the games yeah. industry yeah. specifically yeah. To, to voice yeah. one of the most loved characters Lovable. in the games industry. And it's that's going to get a hell of a reaction because no, like... because it could bomb them out. <laughs> they, they've obviously got a long-term plan with Nintendo movies of doing other ones. There's going to be a Yoshi mm. film as well. They're going to use all of these Zelda and everything like that. Oh, Zelda series supposedly they're doing... Okay, but, um, so that is the question. Actually, shall we? Because I'm going to go to the next question. Shall we bring in Tazzy back? Yeah. Um, we've done our, okay, Tazzy, come back. <laughs> and then when Mario's head explodes at the end of the trailer, it's just crazy. Like, how could that even happen? I can't believe they did that to him. Yeah. <laughs> no, you ruined everything for me, CJ. Oh my god. So we're just going to go uh, on to the general topic of Nintendo having this uh, studio. And is there a film or series people are particularly interested, a non-Mario film or series, people are interested in coming next or down the line from Zelda. this venture? Yeah. Zelda. Is yeah, Zelda. It has to be Zelda. Like the next biggest property in the Mario and the one that would make the most sense having a series, not a movie. I don't think movies could yeah, even get into the backstory of Zelda. Yep. Because they could do like a really interesting kind of whole how all the links are linked together. You could have flashbacks to the previous version. There's just so much storytelling in Zelda. It needs a proper series. And um I want a live action as well. I want it to be live action. Ooh. I don't want it to be uh, I don't know how Phil's like. It's either gotta be it's either gotta be a live action or it's gonna be gotta be like arcane animation. <laughs> oh, I don't Actually, know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone remember the original Zelda animated Did series? you have to bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yes. That's I don't. It's terrible. No. <laughs> Surely it not. Is. It's where starts Googling and... Uh, oh, that's why. Uh, <laughs> I can see the interaction of these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the okay. is like the most whiny, annoying... <laughs> this looks like 80s. Is this 80s? It's it's a long time ago. I am really feeling old now. <laughs> <laughs> what I would love to see Nintendo do is a horror film based on this, the chase of the tarantula in Animal Crossing. Because oh, I think wow. it could work. <laughs> that was like, where the last sentence was going. <laughs> I thought you were going to yeah. say a Legend of Zelda horror. <laughs> yeah. They could do a Legend of Zelda that horror film. That could be very cool. Imagine, has anyone seen the house on uh, the Haunt of House Hill on Netflix? <gasps> yes. Netflix? Yeah. Imagine that, but Luigi's Mansion. Oh. Oh. I already know what you mean, though. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. Yeah, okay. yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah. My See, thing Nintendo, is, um... we're giving you free ideas here. Yeah. My <laughs> thing is Animal Crossing sitcom. <laughs> that is like... <laughs> An no. Animal Crossing well, that we all did while we processed that. <laughs> <laughs> are, you ready, are you ready for the worst one? It was what? What's the worst one? What's the worst one? Is it um, Tom Nook, the guy that owns the island? Is yeah. that right? Right. Yeah. Yes. The gangster. Put, put him as like what a white sort yeah, of character. Yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> Stop. That's so smart. <laughs> that makes sense. 
That makes sense because that guy. And then you could just call it because he did stuff breaking ground instead of breaking bad. And then yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom Nook would be really sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say you could have like several series in the Animal Crossing universe, and they yeah. could they could also have different ones based on different versions of Animal Animal Crossing, but also the different shop owners and characters yeah. of Animal Crossing. I would love an Able Sisters show, and it would be like a little cozy show, like like I don't know, like Miss Marple style, like little ladies going around type thing. Yeah. Oh my god! Or maybe it's a conspiracy, and it's like One Division, and nothing's real. Imagine this though, right? I can't remember the the name, but you know, in Mad Max Fury Road, there's like the big guy who like owns all of the water. Oh, mm. the the very big guy. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tom Nook as, as that in like a <laughs> dystopian future capitalist nightmare show. You actually find out that the real reason that you're on an island is because the rest of the world has um, actually crumbled. <laughs> a bit like in uh, seven, the anime Seven Seeds on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not actually your mum writing to you. <laughs> They're just oh some letters that Tom Nook saves. <laughs> if there are Tom any artists out there, make it happen. Now. I love I how the Animal like, Crossing series. The Animal Crossing series is the darkest of all the Nintendo <laughs> <laughs> properties. It has to be. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I mean, there's literally a ghost on the island. Yes. That's true. But the ghost is like a nice. Character. Oh my god, the revenge oh. of the mole that jumps out at you when you don't when you don't save. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> oh my gosh. What about the duck that washes up on the shore? His backstory. Oh, How Gulliver? did he get there? Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. the series on him making bad jokes. <laughs> yeah, and the otter. Is it the otter who takes all of the? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah the otter. <laughs> Oh, See, there's so yeah. many interesting things that you could do so with animal good characters. characters. Yeah, there's oh, so much. Well, the bar Nintendo has been set high, yeah. so oh, it's, okay. It's one, one last we're, we're one. We're open though. to consult as well, yeah. Nintendo. We're all up do, for uh, that. Do like Cheers, like a Cheers style sitcom at Brewsters at at the Roost. <laughs> yes. Oh <laughs> my god! Have you got Coco Slide just playing in the background? Yes. Coco Slide has his, his playing the theme tune. <laughs> I wonder if they've ever considered of doing like maybe, and I know this is totally out there and crazy, but maybe like a Pokemon TV series or films that could work really well. <laughs> mm. Oh my god, it sounds risky. It sounds risky, but I think it could just be the kind I'm of not risk sure about that. that could work out. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of ideas, Nintendo. Send us the check. Uh, we'll, we'll pass us on uh, to you. Or send us a console as well. No, actually, the check. Send us the check. Check, um, check. Yeah, yeah, check. I want to be able to buy more consoles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to buy a PlayStation Scarlet 5. and Violet consoles are probably coming out soon. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, we've got one more story. Time for one more story. Would you like, I'm going to do a bit of democracy here. Would you like to talk about Google and Stadia, CD Projekt Red, or E3 coming back? Well, you can guess what mine's going to be. Um, yeah. <laughs> I actually don't mind. Mine's out of E3 coming back and CD Projekt Red. Yeah, let's let's do yeah, E3. Yeah. I E3. feel like okay. you've got some interesting stuff to say, CJ. All right, <laughs> let's talk E3. So after three years of a lot of uncertainty, E3 is set to return. 
to the Los Angeles Convention Center for a in-person experience. None of that digital stuff. Oh no, actually, there's also going to be uh, digital events that will precede the physical expo starting on June the 11th. But the legendary event will run from Tuesday, June 13th to Friday, June 16th. So it's happening uh, after <laughs> uh, much doubt. I'm going to throw this one over to CJ and see what you think. Is this is this going to work? I feel is my question, actually. <laughs> is this going to work? Is there... And I say that because... So I feel that over the pandemic, and even before the pandemic, the argument for E3, as valuable as I think it is, I think E3 needs to exist. But the argument for it has lessened and lessened over time as everyone's moved to their specific digital showcase corners. Do you think this will work? As a person that loves events, uh, this may surprise you. I think E3's had its day now. I think Sony's, the Xbox, the Xbox Bethesda showcases, I should say, because they do a joint one now. Nobody goes to E3 for the booths, the stalls. They want the game's announcements. Now, because E3, because of the pandemic, people are a bit insecure about going to big areas. And it's a worldwide thing now. E3 used to just be a little kind of niche gamers, kind of, oh, look, exciting news. Now gamers just like, as we've said before, one of the biggest industries in the world. Everybody's wanting to know what's going on. All we want to see, let's be fair, we all watch E3 for one reason, the trailers, the game announcements. And the majority of the people watching aren't actually going to be at the event. No one wants to see the actual person on the stage in this horrible and comfy chair. We just want to see the trailers, the announcements. I I think E3 is too specific. I think it's lost its appeal. There's so many different gaming events now. Comic-Cons are everywhere. Gaming events are everywhere. E3's lost some of its magic because Sony don't do it anymore. Microsoft don't do it anymore. Nintendo have directs. Because of the way the internet's developed in the pandemic, we have monthly Xbox videos, PlayStation videos, the Nintendo directs. We get that content every single, well, month or every other month now. E3 used to be, everything's announced at E3. That's it. That's all the announcement. And that's it for the year. Now it's every month. It's kind of lost its, oh, well, it's E3. There's going to be trailers. Well, I saw that trailer last time. See, I, I understand. For me personally, like fight, I, fight, I, fight, I, fight. <laughs> I get so overwhelmed. Like I've just stopped watching anything because I'm so overwhelmed with the fact that there is a new announcement thing every month. It's impossible to keep up with that. I'm like, can I just have one place where I just get everything in a nice package tied up all at once? <laughs> and um, I also don't watch just for the trailers. I, I mean, we've already said I don't watch trailers. I actually watch for the onstage bit because I think that is where we get to see more of the excitement. And I love seeing people in the, in, in the audience asking questions and that interaction yeah. to try and get me on in, in, in the excitement I can't physically be there for. Um, but I feel you also need that because you, you, to some extent, you need the people making the games to come and talk to the, yeah. the public, even the industry, but the public and, and talk about the games because I feel there's an element of not hiding let me just go with hiding. You can hide behind a trailer and not have to answer any questions. At least, even though, you know, obviously the, the whole stage thing is 
prepared that you know it's not completely natural but it is a chance for the people who make the games to come on stage and have to but face some kind of public do that, scrutiny though. we do have the presenters coming out and everything like that i know we'll lose the audience interaction like the keanu reeve like that yeah i think yeah. it was e3 was keanu reeves yeah, came out we had that um developer girl that was kind of like who couldn't speak english very well but she was just kind of like yeah and like <laughs> she i can't remember her name but she was amazing i think it was for tokyo ghoul or something but she was amazing and like going on that i do like seeing the showmanship side of the developers but again you can see that in the videos you only lose the crowd but i think that's part of the magic for me because i can't physically be there and i'm 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 there for the energy of of the crowd that adds its magic having a show with a with a live audience there okay, then and we'll interacting with it is... only xbox and nintendo aren't going to be there would you still want to physically go to E3? Oh, yeah, it's already in my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd say yes because I'm like, I've not because been I've never to one been and I'm scared yeah. that there's never going to be one yeah. after this. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not having all these magazines. Like, they call it the big three for a reason. If I could have went to E3 years ago when they were there, the original excitement, now I feel it's lost some of its magic because we know what's coming out. Like, for example, they're probably going to announce GTA 6. We already know. <laughs> mm. I understand. You we say weren't supposed to know about that one. <laughs> yeah, no, we were too. Fair point. Yeah. Some of it's magic. <laughs> Not all of it's magic. Yeah. Sky, Rosie, what do you feel? Do you feel this is something that's going to work? Are you, are you excited to go? Have you been to E3 before? I've not been, but I did used to go to a lot of cons. I used to do, I mean, probably about seven a year pre-covid and i don't think that i'll get back to that to be completely honest i think that there's still a lot of anxiety and frustration around how events are being run post-covid and i say post-covid not with that being kind of like the the point that everything is being framed now as post-covid and we can return whereas it, it's still very much here and and people are still very much concerned about it or, or, or should be and I don't I think I, I do agree with CJ here that I don't think that there's a lot that I would get from an event that I wouldn't get from like I watch all of the Nintendo Directs for example and I like that because I can consume it in my own time I can get excited about it I can pause it I can watch bits again I can watch Chris Pratt forget the word Cooper over and over and over again <laughs> Okay, um, how many times did you watch the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer? I've watched that a lot of times. Um, <laughs> you knew about I've, it just before you were going to go into a meeting as well. I and was, I messaged was you and was like, have you seen the news? You were like, what news? And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to ruin your life. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I did that whole meeting. I don't even remember what happened. Um, but no, I mean, that for me, and, and this is probably quite an individual thing in that I've never been a fan of of crowds and events in, in that regard anyway but i don't feel like just having the audience there is enough to make me want to go to an event i don't think that there's anything that i could get from physically going to an event that i couldn't get from watching it online and especially now the cost of going to an event in terms of the the ticket and the travel and everything it's just not worth it it's not financially viable so i don't think for me it's worthwhile bringing it back to yeah okay what do you feel rosie i'm kind of like in the middle of everyone i guess uh if if finances and and things weren't a worry then i'd probably still go because i 
I love events so much. I, I love mm. the the energy in the room, and it's kind of like when you go to like see a premiere of a film or whatever. I don't know. It's like that kind of buzz that everyone's there for the same sort of reasons. I love that so much. Mm. However, without the big three there, I think it it's a little bit less exciting. But then also like I really like like the Nintendo Directs because I watch it live with friends, like on a voice chat, and we'll all talk about it together or like. I'll just open up Twitter and see chaos descending and be like, oh, we're direct on. Cool. And so it's like, it's nice to have that as well to, to, you know, take all of this in, in the comfort of your own home and things like that too. And so I like the mix of it. If it was closer and easier to get to, then I'd probably do it. But like, it's so, it's so expensive to go. And the same thing again with COVID, like it's, it's kind of hard and you never know how seriously some events companies are going to take it. Like, I don't know if anyone saw all of our like TwitchCon and stuff recently. There are a bunch of safety issues with that as well. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like putting faith in the event organizers is difficult when people consistently seem to fail, especially when it comes from, you know, companies that should know better and can afford better. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It's a mix. I I love events, but I don't know whether it's worth it for me right now. Okay. Yeah. I feel, and yeah, I, I kind of, I'm going to take my, myself out of it. The reason why I said that I feel E3 needs to, uh, exists because for me and this is from the perspective of sort of doing workshops with young people or speaking to to parents like e3 has always been the event that crosses into the mainstream it's what like i'll see on bbc and it's like oh this video game thing is on and it's like legitimizes that so with the absence of e3 we've had uh jeff Keeley and the, the was it summer games fest and all the things he's doing which is great the production is like fantastic i don't feel that that served the same niche if you will as e3 because to me that is an example of like gamers talking to gamers and it's yeah. everyone go to what you already know expecting the thing that you expect your specific game either you get it and you're satisfied or you don't and you complain in in chat that the the, the live stream is boring uh, which i don't anyway that's a whole other thing but <laughs> so it doesn't serve that because it doesn't cross the mm. barrier into the mainstream and i feel like as we, you know, we talk about games and broadening the reach and and being more diverse. I feel that's more insular, whereas E three, or at least in the the previous form, has the potential to get across and to average person go, oh, this video games thing is a thing. I didn't know. Or maybe I should take another look. But then I agree with what CJ is saying because the just the the basic premise, or at least how it used to be run, has just disappeared. That like it's gone. <laughs> so it's like, how do you how do you make something when the 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 premise for its existence has just been wiped away by covid i don't know how to how to solve it if i did they would have hired me and i'd be a new name if they called it e6 everyone would think wow this is going to be doubly good yeah inflation right is e6 now so it's a tricky one i agree with nigel that like crossing the um that sort of threshold that like gamers to gamers conversation versus like the wider public because when e3 like previously when e3's on that is the one time of year that like everyone around me is suddenly like oh have you seen this thing have you seen this thing like i like there's a new game and this isn't even just non-gamers this is like people who are so it's, like non-gamers and people who like just play their one game normally called a duty or fifa, or FIFA. <laughs> that are suddenly like oh yeah there are more games that exist in the world and they're pretty cool actually 
Um, and also like when people that just are completely outside of games are like, oh, I thought this would interest you. Um, here's a, this thing called E Free, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm very, aw- I've been very aware of E Free <laughs> since I was a young child and reading magazines with like E Free uh, on the on the cover. So, um, but thanks. geek because if you haven't seen E Two in E One, you can't just yeah, jump straight. You can't the- jump. No, no, you got to put in steps. You have to put in steps. So. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, personally, I'll be trying to go to the next one, kind of what Tazzy said, that <laughs> it might be the last one. We don't know how this will go, uh, and I've never been to an E3, but it's then the finances come into it and that consideration. Yeah, um, good luck to them, is, is yeah. what I say. Good luck to them. I, I hope it... Oh, I'd love to see it where it succeeds, and then Sony and Xbox and Nintendo go, you know what, actually... Yeah, we have to go back. Yeah, we we need go to go back. back. I Don't get me wrong, I used to watch E3 all the time, and it's not as I'm saying we need to get rid of it. Mm. I just feel like it's lost the magic of it and i'd love this if it come back like it was i'd be like yep i'd be tempted to go again but at the minute so you need to see something throughout the year to make e3 just lose but i love how you're saying about legitimizing it again they make gaming industries go oh look how exciting this Mm. is that i love always have but it just just it's just not exciting anymore all right well the gauntlet has been laid down e3 you must impress cj to get back (laughs) to the top of the gaming summit e6 out next year (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is the marker so we'll see how that goes that's all the time we have for our video game news stories people listening now or later on audio podcast let us know what you think of the stories we discuss give us your thoughts give your your thoughts on mario's butt or chris pratt's voice acting ability is e3 coming back is this going to be the last one let us know jump in our discord or send us an email feedback at myamada.com uh, so before we wrap the live stream tazzy let's check in with our guests and find out what they are up to so we do love to let you know who we've been talking to and where you can find them as well as any interesting projects they've got coming up and I just want to take this moment as well to say thank you anyone that's been joining us in chat. We've been reading the messages and interacting with you there. But yeah, uh, if you do have any questions, you can pop them in chat now. We'll get to them before we wrap up. Um, and if not, you can you can reach out to us on social media. So yeah, I guess we'll go in reverse from what we did on what we were playing. So we'll start with CJ this time. Do you want to let us know any uh, interesting projects or news you've got coming up? Um, and where uh, our listeners can find your you online. Yeah, online. It's just CJ the Geek on everything. I, it's such a bad name. No one else had it. So I thought, hey, there we go. Perfect. In two weeks, and it scares me saying this, in two weeks' time, I'll be at MCM Comic Con on all of their stages, interviewing the guests and everything like that. You know, it's quite cool. I get to sit on the sofa and chat the celebrities all day. It's a tough life. And um, <laughs> I have just got back into streaming, but something new, I'd never done it before, is I've just started streaming D&D with some of my friends. That's cool. Um, so we've just had, I think, about eight streams and we're just so close to 500 followers. It's It's been amazing how fast it's grew. Uh, and that's called Chaotic Questers. If you want to watch me be the worst D&D player ever, I've nearly died three times. And not just knocked out, like, dead, dead. My character's <laughs> nearly been killed off so many times. But, um, yeah, that's about it. I don't do anything else interesting, to be honest. No, just sit and talk to celebrities all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
nothing that interesting. You yeah, know. Just about the email <laughs> Netflix about TV episodes, you know, nothing interesting. No, no, I'm about to email that. Netflix about my subscription and why they can't use that. But there's, oh, there's yeah, levels. I'm trying to get TV episodes in advance. So I've just like, yeah. logged on to the media center and got the contact team. It's like, can I have these episodes in advance for review purposes, please? Hey, there we go. Yeah, uh, well, like I'm definitely looking forward to to seeing you at, at, at Comic Con. Oh, you're there, are you? I I am there on the Saturday. <coughs> oh, well, actually, um, my voice seems to be gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will track you down. I always find you somehow. Like in somebody, I just kind of like, oh, you're on stage, so I start heckling as you are doing the dance competition. So yeah, we'll. I think we've uh, we'll, we can put some links in show notes for those. So, Sky, do you want to let us know now? Yeah, sure thing. Um, so on socials, you can find me on everything as at President Kang. But because there are a lot of Simpsons fans out there, it is spelled a little bit differently on each platform. Um, so probably the best shout is to go through at Safe in Our World, which is um, what we are on everything. Uh, we do have um, something really exciting happening with Safe coming up starting tomorrow, but I think I'll let Rosie cover that one off just because uh, she'll be going last and, and can leave you with that exciting news. Perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, first off, I guess you can find me at Arty Party 3, but Arty is in the letters, not the <laughs> hobby because it's my initials and I thought it was cool at the time and now I've stuck with it and I can never change it apparently or safe in our world it's probably easier yeah <laughs> at safe in our world but the yeah so we've got a campaign starting tomorrow called press pause which is all about pressing pause on life by pressing play in game and I'm like so proud of that little tagline I say it every single time and I'm like oh it's so, it's so lame but I love it so what, was again? what was that just... pressing, so, so, sorry just so if anyone didn't hear me i'll get close to the mic it's pressing pause on life by pressing play in game oh. and um yeah it's basically about using games as a positive way to escape uh, as escapism and using games as a positive tool to unwind and decompress and connect with people and that's kind of a lot of what's aligned with safe on our world as well and so it's going to be a big fundraising campaign people can get involved but it's going to be very laid back and about spreading the awareness of of what positive stories that games can bring which is exciting and then one other thing actually that i thought i'd mention is on the 29th of october in manchester at the pixel bar we are hosting um, well, Game Devs North, which is currently two people, <laughs> which is me and Annie from Super Rare, uh, are hosting a Halloween party for Game Devs in the North because there's never anything in the North and it's really sad. And so it's also going to support Safe on Our World, which is really exciting. So all the ticket sales will be going to Safe on Our World, as well as there's going to be an amazing raffle with all of the retro magazines that I showed you guys earlier, but other stuff too, of course. So that's going to be really cool. But other than that, that's it. <laughs> It makes me sad the fact that you said that was the north. I'm thinking that's south. It is that's south. south. <laughs> it is south. But for for regional purposes, we're calling it the north. <laughs> Both sound Hold amazing. Uh, oh, I was just going to say before we finish, uh, there is another Instagram that we might need to to shout out here. It's looking at that little loaf in the background there. Oh, what Boris? Yeah, he Boris does have his own Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> yeah, he does have his own Instagram. I'm so sorry, Boris. How could I forget you? Yeah, it's Bee Kitter. Um, <laughs> my cat's called Boris. He's just very photogenic and very sweet. We all love him so oh, much. So if funny. you want to follow Boris on Instagram, it's at <laughs> Bee Kitter. 
that's what this whole stream's been about. Yeah. Just, yeah, can just we leading find to out that, more about the yeah, yeah. I'm so glad he came <laughs> back because <laughs> as soon as we started recording, he was like, oh, bye. I was just like, no, you were the centerpiece. I look so boring now. But yeah, I'm glad that he's come back. <laughs> It was like, I'm sorry, you didn't pay the rate for being on stream the whole day. <laughs> you don't get the star of the show today. <laughs> I'm an audience member. <laughs> um, but yeah, both of those those projects sound great. Uh, I am just upset that I won't be able to make it to that Halloween party because I love a good no. Halloween party. Um, and um, I think I need to learn to um, press, what was it? Pause by pressing, you're going to have to repeat it for me. Press pause on life by pressing play in game. I need I need some of that. So uh, yeah, I definitely need some of that. I, I'm going to be following closely to, <laughs> to that campaign there, uh, even if it's just a little reminder to myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we will add those to the show notes for anyone listening uh, to the audio podcast. Yeah, and uh, we've come to the end. We've come to the end of another video game live stream. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Uh, don't forget, we do a bunch of stuff. So make sure that if you enjoyed this roundtable, check out the Story X Story podcast, the audio podcast. We release episodes weekly. It's available wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can see things like deep dives into stories across pop culture, uh, video game discussions, interviews with creative professionals. Uh, we also make stories. So Maya Mada, uh, we make manga set within our own universe of anthropomorphic characters. And we have our latest manga, Serious Through the Fog, which is available right now. So you can check that out as well as checking out our gamepad events and Discord. So we've got a couple of, ev of events coming up this month, next month, and then the whole year, next year is a whole other bag of tricks that we've we've got in the work so follow us on twitch uh, as well so just a reminder we've got an event on the 22nd of october at the bfi 26th of october in which one's wandsworth in gravity Wandsworth. <laughs> uh, i almost forgot that got my schedule mixed up and then 19th of november we will be at samsung kx for a live recording of gamepad online so there's lots to get involved with make sure you come to one at least one um all three will be great but see if you can make it to at least one and that's it you can always give us a shout directly our email address is feedback at myamada.com and websites with links to subscribe is myamada.com forward slash story x story so thank you all for tuning in. Uh, until next time, stay safe. And remember, we are here for your movie and film TV pitches and we can negotiate a rate. It's, it's all good. Just reach out. We've got a bunch of ideas. So take care, everyone. Mm -hmm.